Hello, and welcome to the Get Transformed podcast of Transformation Christian Fellowship. We are so excited that you're tuning in, and we hope that you will be empowered and transformed by the Word of God. Well, we are so glad that you're tuned in tonight. If you cannot tell, we are back in the building at 5 p.m. Through all of the snowstorms and all of those good old things, we find ourselves to be back in, and we are glad to be here. If you don't know who I am, I'm Brandon Hill, the senior pastor here at Transformation Christian Fellowship. No matter where you're watching, as I tell you, grace and peace be multiplied unto you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. And so I bid you greetings for those of you who are here and those of you who are watching online. It is a pleasure to have you here with us tonight. Well, I want you to do me a favor. Give it up for Pastor Vernon Hill Sr., who shut it down last week. He preached a message entitled, The Battle Within. If you did not watch it, you need to go to YouTube and watch the message. The biggest point was the greatest enemy is not without, but the greatest enemy is within. And my favorite part of the message is if you wanna move up, you gotta think up. <laughs> you gotta think up. Step by step, day by day. Here we go. So we're excited about that. If you didn't get a chance, he's our teaching pastor here. So go watch the message from Pastor Running Hill Sr. We're so excited about it. Listen, awesome things are happening. As Elder Brittany said earlier, the Glory Girls uh, Women's Group is, uh, Women's Life Group is coming March in March, as well as the Men's Transform Group is coming in March as well. And so we want you to stay tuned for that uh, and also the creatives. Well, uh, for the sake of time, I want to jump into tonight's message. Uh, we're starting a new series entitled uh, Age of Worry. Age of Worry is a new series that we are kicking off today. Um, this series has been something that God has given me years ago. It's actually inspired by a song. Uh, it's inspired by a song, John Mayer. Uh, the song is called Age of Worry. Um, it's a very profound song. He's one of my favorite artists. I would sing it, but I'm not trying to get dinged for copyrights in here. So, <laughs> oh my goodness. And so the, the lyrics got, it was so profound, alive in the age of worry, rage in the age of worry, act your age in the age of worry, and say, worry, why should I care? And so that was something that sticked out to me, and I wanted to do a series entitled uh, Age of Worry. The reason why is because we live in a time, ladies and gentlemen, where people are living anxious and worried-filled lives like never before. This life, ladies and gentlemen, this age that we live in, this age that we live in, this age that you have been graced to live in. Every day, I don't care if you're uh, righteous or unrighteous, it is the mercy of God for him to allow us to see another day here on earth. And so we live in a time, ladies and gentlemen, uh, uh, this life is full of different cares and stresses and worries. But the biggest thing is how do we deal with those things in our lifetime? How do you deal with bouts? I don't care who you are, you keep living long enough, you're gonna have some worry along the way. You're gonna feel anxious about some things. You're gonna have bouts like, like a, a fighting match where you are wrestling against the thoughts of anxiety, thoughts of depression, thoughts of uh, uh, feeling stress. And so in this series, I wanna take the moment to really unpack biblically how you address 
uh, uh, anxiety, depression, how you address worry. I'm going to use the words worry and anxiety interchangeably because they come from the same Greek word. And so the reality is, ladies and gentlemen, is that all of us, again, put in the chat section, keep living. You're going to experience this one way or another. But... Jesus gives us instructions on how we deal with this. He gives us instructions. So uh, the purpose of this series, by the end of it, the goal of it is that you'll see it from the word of God or what you do when you have moments of worry and anxiety. Before I give you my scripture today, there is a difference between concern and worry. There's a difference. Concern, ladies and gentlemen, is, is a natural thing. All of us have genuine concern. There's, you know, you have genuine concern about your family. You have genuine concern about finances and different things like that. Those are genuine. The natural things that we deal with in life are genuine concerns. Even Jesus had genuine concerns. Jesus looked out and said, man, listen, the harvest is plentiful but the laborers are few. And he said, Lord, send the, send the laborers. Because his concern was, look, there's so many out there, we need the laborers to come and handle this harvest that are of souls that are out there. And so ladies and gentlemen, again, even Jesus had concerns. Yeah, even had concerns, but it never led to worry. Here's the issue is that our concerns can lead to worry if you don't check it properly. If you don't check it properly. So do me a favor, we'll be in Matthew chapter 6 for a little while. And so I want you to go to Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Hello, my name is Aretha Hill, and I am the leader of the Life Group Glory Girls here at TCF. We want you all to join us on March the 11th. Glory Girls is about empowering women through faith, fellowship, and community. So join us and register today. Become a Glory Girl today. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, uh, it's on the screen, and so I'm going to read it. It says, therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. It is not life, is not life, excuse me, more than food and the body more than clothing. Tonight, I want to talk to you from the subject, the root of worry. I want to deal with the root. Let's get down to the root of worry. If you look at your screen, ladies and gentlemen, there's a definition that's coming to you as it pertains to worry. When we look at what the Webster Dictionary tells us in, uh, about the word worry, uh, it is a mental distress or agitation resulting from concern, usually for something impending or anticipated. All right. See, a concern deals with the facts. A worry deals with stuff that ain't really happened yet. I want to make that very clear now. Concern, genuine concern, deals with the facts that are presented in front of you. Worry, ladies and gentlemen, deals and comes up with outcomes that ain't even there. How many of us been there? Like, you get a bad report, like, oh, my God, your mind straight goes, she's going to die. Or he's going to die. You hear that, like, she got corona. Oh, God, let's play in the funeral. That's how people are. In the day we're living in, we got coronavirus. We got finances, and it looks like the economy is acting funny. Unemployment is crazy. Yeah. For my brothers and sisters who are watching in Texas, you're dealing with an ice storm. You ain't never seen nothing like this in your lifetime, probably. 
in the, in the, in, in the state of Texas. And lights are out. They're jacking up your, beat, your, you know, your electric bills. And, and you ain't even had electric. You haven't even had electric. You can't even get a good. And, you, and that would bring cause of great concern. And for some, your concern leads to worry. Well, how am I going to do this to, you know, are they going to wipe it up or are, or, or are they not? Are they going to do something about it or not? Uh, your, your mind goes straight low. We're not going to have no food. We're not going to have this. We're not going to have that. And nothing even has presented itself to say that that won't happen or will happen. So there's a difference. Have you ever been around pessimistic people? Have you ever been around them? You tell them something and immediately it goes left. And then their leftness, if that's a word, <laughs> gets in your mind and you start overly thinking about things like, man, maybe they're right. And, that start, and, their, and their seeds of negativity starts breeding in your mind worry. I like that. This came out. Seeds of negativity. Put that in the chat. Seeds of negativity. I <laughs> say, I don't need your seeds of negativity. Because eventually that thing will grow, and then you start thinking about it like, you know what, they may have a point. And so, ladies and gentlemen, we're dealing with worry, something impeding or anticipated. In other words, worry is about things that have not happened. So worry is not an emotion. It is a mental exercise. It is a stressful exercise. Here's the thing about uh, understanding worry and anxiety is this, is that worry happens in the mind where anxiety takes place in the mind as well as in the body. Is that where you worry long enough that will result in anxiety, therefore affecting you health-wise. Blood pressure's up. Heart tightening. Panic attacks. Phobias, different things like that, ladies and gentlemen, that will lead to various uh, uh, feelings of feeling your health, feeling not feeling well in your body. According to a New York Times article, the difference between worry, stress, and anxiety, uh, this lady, Melanie Greenberg, a clinical psychologist in Mill Valley, she stated this is that worry, she stated this, worry tends to be repetitive and obsessive thoughts. So worry tends to be repetitive, like you're thinking about the same thing and very obsessive. Because here's the thing, worry wants to grip you and paralyze you as to the point where you don't do anything or you don't hope for a positive outcome. Worry, ladies and gentlemen, and I want to bring this even more closely, uh, is more self-motivated while concern is thinking about others. When you're concerned, you're not so much concerned for yourself as you are for the next person. When you're really worried, you start dealing, ladies and gentlemen, with more of a self-motivated thing when it comes down to worry, if that makes sense. Now, let's go deeper into this. I'm going to give you something that is coming to the screen. It's coming to the screen right now, and it's coming at you hot. Listen, worry originates from our fallen nature. You want to know the root of worry? The root of worry stems from, it originates from our fallen nature. It originates from our fallen nature. Can I set the scene for you tonight? I won't be long. In the garden, ladies and gentlemen, in the garden, God's original intent for man 
was that we would never experience these types of feelings or emotions because we wouldn't have to. Why is that? Because our dependence and reliance would be on God for everything we need. In the garden, ladies and gentlemen, Adam and Eve did not lack anything. They had everything at their disposal. There was nothing that they could not do. The only thing they couldn't do was eat of the tree. That was it. Other than that, they had, they had legal right in the earth to, to, to rule as God gave them authority. That was God's original intent for us. The original intent is that the earth, the earth that God made would reflect and that it would mirror what heaven looks like. God has ultimate authority. God gave his authority to a man named Adam. He told Adam, be fruitful and multiply. He told Adam, whatever you call that animal, that's what it's going to be. He told Adam that all I need you to do is work the ground. And so, ladies and gentlemen, Adam was working without feeling the tools of work. I wish I could say that. I wish I could work and be glad about it. I wish I could work and not feel tired. (laughs) I wish I could go to work and be like, boy, I had a great day today. You get what I'm saying? Adam had no stresses. He had no worries. He was working the ground, handling and managing what was going on in the garden. And he didn't feel tired about it. He didn't have no anxiety about it. He had no worries. He didn't have to worry about nothing. Why he didn't have to worry about nothing? Because he was in complete tranquility and peace was in the garden. Complete tranquility and peace was in the garden. Listen, let me tell you something, and that is something that we can experience even in the midst of this age of worry, but it's definitely something that will be fully realized when Jesus comes back. It will be something that's fully realized when Jesus comes back. We have to understand, ladies and gentlemen, that it originates from our fallen nature, and I'm going to prove it to you. I'm going to prove it to you, Genesis chapter 3, the 17th chapter. It's, oh, excuse me, Genesis chapter 3, the 17th verse. It says, then Adam, then to Adam he said, this is God speaking to Adam, because you have heeded the voice of your wife, I'm not even going to say anything there, and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying you shall not eat of it. Here's what God says, cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Right there in the New King James Version, God tells Adam like, hey, you're going to toil and you're going to feel it because of your your disobedience. So disobedience is what interrupted the peaceful tranquility they experienced with God in the garden. I want you to see a connection. Disobedience is going to mess up your peaceful tranquility with God, you and God's relationship. That's what it's going to do. Well, let me prove it to you. Let me go some more. Let's go further in the verse. Genesis chapter 3, verse 22. 
Tell me why. Then the Lord said, behold, the man has become like one of us. If you notice the U on the screen, it's capitalized. You don't see Trinity in the Bible, but the whole theology of it is found here. That man has become like one of us, saying to know good and to evil. They were not conscious of, 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 of none of this at this point until the fall. These emotions and feelings of shame and condemnation was something they never knew. Condemnation and shame was never meant for us to ever experience. Worry all. See, it, let me tell you something. The fall of man that just did not impact them getting kicked out of the garden. It impacted the human race and it also impacted the whole earth. The physical, the physical earth you see has been impacted by it. That's why I said the earth waits and groaning for the sons of daughters to be revealed. Why? Because the earth wants to be restored back to the place where it was before man messed it all up. That's what's happening. So when people talk about, no offense, we got to treat the earth with green and all that stuff. Let me tell you this. The earth, ladies and gentlemen, will not be in its full glorified state until God cracks that sky. Until he sets up, until he creates a new heaven and a new earth. And this thing is restored back to normal. Just being honest. I'm not saying you treat anything any type of way. But for those of you extremists, you heard it from me first. <laughs> he said he became, lest he put out his hand and take also of the tree and eat and live forever. Listen, it was mercy the reason why God kicked Adam out of the, out of the, out of, um, out of the garden. Why sit there and stay in the garden and keep on reflecting on what you could have had? Mercy. No, you're no longer here. He started experiencing emotions they never experienced before. I believe in that moment you see Adam and Eve goes into a quick panic attack because they hide from God knowing that there might be some type of repercussion for their actions. So I don't see the word worry mentioned in that text, Brandon. I don't see anxiety, but I can imply and submit to you today, why would you hide from something if you ain't worried about it? Why? And so help me, let me help you understand something. Worry and anxiety are threats to your peace. Listen here, because of human sinfulness that happened right there, God's provision of peace is always under threat and is always under attack. Worry, ladies and gentlemen, is a threat to peace because it is so time consuming. It's so obsessive after all day to be something always overthinking, always thinking of the worst and always going negative. That takes a lot of energy to do that. I don't see how you can live like that. I can't. Not to tell you the truth. Like, you know, I can dwell on something for a while, but after a time, I'm like, you know, I got to give it away because at the end of the day, I can't live like that. I cannot live worry-filled. I can't live anxious-filled. And what contributes to your peace being attacked is this. Is, is this, ladies and gentlemen, because we are so caught up, we can access anything at any given second. Yeah. The news has always experienced something negative. 
There's always something bad happening. And all of those things begin to pile up and become thoughts. And you come worried about this. You come worried about that. You start worrying about stuff that even the news that you heard didn't have nothing to do with, the, with what you're worrying about now. How many of us been there tonight? Let me see your hand in that chat screen. Don't you act like, don't you act like if you're watching this that you, you ain't never experienced nothing. No, you're a liar. You're human. That's why I know you've experienced it. That's how I know I've experienced this. Let me give you some uh, Bible to back this up. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 25 from the New American Standard Bible. It reads this. Anxiety in a person's heart weighs it down. Good words make it glad. Let me tell you something. When you hear so much negative all of the time, when you're always playing the comparison game all of the time, when you're so anxious and so worried all of the time, it wears you down. The stress, the, 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 the toil, it wears you down. Everybody like, oh, I got to live a stress-filled life because if I don't have no stress, then I don't know how I'm living. Then you're not really living. I never understood. I, I heard this on, you know, I, you know, I be watching some of these, you know, vloggers out there on YouTube. You know, some of the little YouTube couples out there in my spare time. And um, I realized that, you know, some of them and some of the things I see on Instagram, me and my wife was looking at something that said today, if you're if you and your couple is not doing this, then y'all ain't really having a then y'all are boring. And so in the video, it had the girl waiting there thinking that she was going to get something special for Valentine's Day, blindfolded, and this young man comes up behind her, dumps her with the whole water thing, dumps her with water, and then put baby powder on top of her. I was like, what is this? This is giving me a panic attack watching this. I said, what is that? And then she comes back at him, and has a whole bag of baby powder, puts it over his head to almost suffocate the man. I said, what type of relationship is this? I said, my God. I said, and then we have a new movie on Netflix. What's that movie called that we were watching? Uh, that Marie, that Marie type of movie. Malcolm and Marie. You was, well, we were watching that on Sunday. I said, this is so toxicating. This is so toxic. This is not the way to live. You both stressing each other out. The, just depart. Go somewhere. Why? Because it's weighing you down. But people, people think the new relationship is toxic. And they're glorifying these things. That if it's not you beating each other down, that ain't real fun. I said, good Lord, what is wrong with people now? And this is what the Bible says, where people will call bad good. I said, I can't take this. I don't see how you can live. I don't see how that is of any fun. Living so stress-free, not knowing what the person's doing, not knowing where you're going next. That is not, I don't see how the adventure and all of that stuff works out because at the end of the day, you're hurting yourself. Then for some of you who are watching, you're so busy, 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 on the go and go and go and go and go. And you don't realize that you're turn, 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 turn yourself down. Oh, I only work on an hour or two of sleep. I can sleep when I'm dead. Well, you're going to be sleeping a little bit early. Huh? 
Why? Because your body is not, cannot handle that. You and our bodies were not made to, to handle worry and, 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 and anxiety. You, we are not able to handle that. That's why that was not a necessary emotion for them to experience in the garden. Why? Because your body was not made for that. You were not intended to have to go through that and experience that at all. And that's what I'm talking about today. The root of worry stems for, stems from and originates from the fall of man. Put in that chat, say, that's why you got to be born again. That's why you have to be born again. You have to be regenerated. You have to be born again in Christ because in your new nature in Christ, anxiousness cannot live where the spirit of God dwells. So let me give you, let me give you to our verse and I'm coming to a close. The root of worry. Jesus, this is Matthew chapter six is a continuation of Jesus sermon on the mount. Before he goes into this particular portion in the earlier verses 23 and 24, he talks about that man cannot serve God and mammon. In other words, what he's saying that God cannot serve God, he cannot serve God and an idol. Mammon, ladies and gentlemen, more stems for money. Money cannot be your ruler. Money should, be, money should serve you. It should not rule you. I want you to put it in checks. And I said, I want the money to serve me. I, <laughs> you know, I want the money to serve me. I don't want, I don't want, I, I don't want to be a slave to money. And so the reality is, ladies and gentlemen, he goes and he says that. And then he goes and, and, and if you put up Matthew chapter six, verse 25, in the very first line, this is what Jesus says. He says, therefore, and so after he said this to them about you can't serve God and money, he said, therefore, I say to you, do not worry. He said, do not worry about your life. Jesus makes a command. He's telling you, do not worry. He's not saying that you shouldn't have concerns. He's saying, don't worry. He's saying, do not worry about your life. So what are the causes of worry, ladies and gentlemen? Here's what he says. And when we go and look further at this, he says, do not worry what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body and what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? So you have to understand, can I bring you into where Jesus is, Jesus is ministering to and showing you who he's ministering to? So the people that Jesus was ministering to would have been people who were not well off. These people would have been considered peasants at the lower class of life. So you have to understand the reason why he says this to them, because when you are, when your money a little funny, <laughs> you worried about where your next meal coming from. I hear you there, Jesus, but I only got a couple of dollars in this here wallet. I hear you there, Jesus, but I'm currently unemployed because we're dealing with coronavirus. I hear you, Jesus. I hear you, Jesus. You're telling me not to worry about anything, but hey, brother, I got bills. I got bills. I got kids. Listen, that is not helping me. <laughs> oh, don't worry about it. 
But Jesus tells them, hey, listen, isn't your life more than the food and the, and the clothes you put on your back? He's saying life is more than what you are looking at. Here, here, can I give you a cause of worry? Here's one of the causes of worry. I put this on the screen for them. This is my point one. I want to show you this. When you are more worldly-centered than God-centered. When you are more worldly-centered than God-centered. What do I mean by that? When you're so focused on the materialism. I like nice stuff. I do. Who doesn't like nice stuff? Let me see your hand. Put it in the chat. If you don't like, ni- if you don't like nice stuff, uh, something wrong with you. But who likes nice stuff? Put it in the chat. I put my both hands up. Amen. I like nice stuff. One of my biggest goals in life, and this is how I know I'll make it, is if I can drive a Tesla. That is one of my goals in life. Is if I can drive a Tesla. But he's saying, Brandon, if you're more Tesla motivated and God-centered, you're never going to get that. <laughs> it's not going to happen for you. It's not going to happen for you. You want to know the biggest drive to why we're so, you know, so crazed about, you know, writing those things down on paper and talking about manifestation like B. Simone? You want to know why we're so caught up? Because we're so driven by what I, I, I want. And we don't care about what God is looking for. And then watch what happens when we write it down and you do what other people say about the manifestation. Here's the tricks on how to trick God into getting him to do what you want. Just write that thing down and you start manifesting that out of your own power. Come on, y'all acting like y'all heard this before. Y'all hear the people on Instagram? Oh, I'm manifesting today. I woke up today ready to manifest. Listen, if I could manifest a Tesla right now in front of me, it would already be there. (laughs) So obviously, I have to go through a process. Obviously, I have to trust God. Not so much I'm trusting him for a Tesla, but what my point is, is that we're so crazed on so much materialism. I love great. I love good stuff. I like having it. I like going nice places. I like eating good food. That's why part of the prosperity is on me right now. I need help. (laughs) But when you're so focused on that, that's going to give you worry and that's going to give you anxiety. You want to know the biggest cause as the reason why anxiety and worry are on an all-time high now? It's because of social media. It is not that social media is bad. But it's the problem becomes when we flaunt all of this stuff on social media and when you're not sold and who God is and who you are in him and you're looking at everybody else, you're saying, God, you don't love me. That person is a, uh, is a flat out sinner and they get whatever they want. And listen here, I once, I listen, I'm try, I've been going to church. I've been even tuning in on church online, watching TCF and Pastor Brandon preach. I've sold and given money into the church, but I still ain't got what they got. (laughs) I sold twice. (laughs) 
And you're so focused, ladies and gentlemen, on the materialism. And, and so and, and, and you can't even listen to a word without saying you're going to get blessed with this. And you're going to have this house. You're going to have this. You're going to have that. You are looking to hear what you can get out of it instead of listening to hear what God is trying to speak to you. And so when we're looking, comparing our lives, playing the whole comparison wheel, oh, I need my body to look like, like, look like her. So let me go get me some surgery. I got to build up my money. So you're going to take money out of your kid's mouth so you can look like one of those Instagram models. Huh? Do I get, I don't understand it, Princeton. Scamming on social media. Do you not understand that some people, some people I know have gone so far to rent stuff to make it seem like they have a lifestyle. Living a life that's not real. And guess what? When you are getting anxious and worried and feeling anxious, like, oh, man, they're 30 and they already got married and I'm close to 30 and I don't got no husband. I don't got no wife. I don't have what they have. And you start feeling anxiety and you having a panic attack. <laughs> oh, I ain't got there yet. Oh, God. Oh, help me. So you're because you're so worried about materialism. That was what's causing your worry. Some of you are so worried right now on things that are so materialistic. That's not even God centered. Whenever you notice, when you start worrying, your mind has drifted from being God centered to now being so centered on what you have and what you don't have. And so you start doing things that you don't need to do and get stressed out in the process because you're trying to do something and get somewhere where if you would have just stayed focused on God, God is leading you somewhere and God is trying to take, some, take, take you and do something in your life that is special, that is genuine, that you didn't have to just fake ball, fake ball on social media, that it's an actual real thing. I'm just saying. Let me give you some word for that. Luke chapter 8 verse 14. This is when Jesus talks about the parable of the sower. Hear me. It says, now the ones that fell among the thorns are those who, uh, when they have heard, go out and choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life, bring no fruit to maturity. Here's what, here's what Jesus was saying. There are people that were, are going to listen to what Pastor Brandon is saying right now over the, over the mic, over here in person and online, and you're listening to this. And for some of you, the word is going to, the seed of this word about the root of worry is going to choke, is going to, is not gonna be there why because you so you're so caught up in the riches you're so caught up in the pleasures of life where guess what it's going to this is what jesus said bringing no fruit to maturity that's what's happening with most of us. You are not God-centered enough. You're so focused on the materialistic and focused on things of this world that are fleeting, passing away. They don't have no value. You're so worried about that. And what Jesus is saying, hey, you got to become God-centered. Put that jet section and say, I got to become God-centered. All right, and I'm coming to a close. Here we have it. One more thing. You want to know what's another cause of worry as we deal with the root of worry? Another cause. Here is a lack of trust in God. 
A lack of trust in God. Here's where some of us are. Some of us are to the point where you've dealt with so much trauma in your life that you don't even trust God. You believe in God, but you don't trust him. You have faith, but you don't really trust him like that. You, you treat God as if he is one of the people, and you mirror God or put him in the place of what somebody did to you. Or what you do is because some trauma happened where you thought God could have helped you prevent from it, what you do, ladies and gentlemen, is put him in that place, and you don't. And because of that one action that you went through in life, you don't never trust him like you should. And so when you start having a lack of trust in God, ladies and gentlemen, what begins to happen for the most part of the time is what, that's when worry comes in. Those who worry are not trusting God. Worry can be a first, uh, can, uh, can be a natural first reaction to an uncertain situation, but to persist in worry reveals a lack of trust that God is in charge. That's what it does. When you persistently worry, ladies and gentlemen, you give the idea that you really do not trust God because you magnify the problem or what you're going through over the God that can change it or bring you through it. So then, Matthew chapter 6, verse 20 and through 30, I hope you're getting something out of this. It would say this, so why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which, is to, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, he will not much more clothe you, O oh, you of little faith. Or, uh, oh, you of little faith. That means you have so lack of confidence in God that you don't believe that God is able to provide. When you start worrying, you do not trust. When you start to become material-centered and not God-centered, you're more focused, uh, ladies and gentlemen, on the fact that you don't believe God can provide. You don't believe that God can provide and that God can meet the needs that you have. That's why Jesus says, oh, you of little faith, how can you lack such trust in me? Don't you see the natural elements? They haven't worried about anything because I've always provided it. So why? What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you and I? So as I come to a close tonight, my question as we dive deeper in this is this, I want you to do me a favor and identify what has you worried. What is it that has you worried tonight? What is it, ladies and gentlemen, that has you dealing and is keeping you up at night? What is it that is, that is, that is messing with your peace? What is it? What is it that is messing with your peace? What is it that is keeping you and stressing you out and holding you? And whatever it is, you need to take it captive. Whatever it is, you need to take it captive. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. 
We're coming to a close. Second Corinthians chapter 10 verse 5 says, We are destroying arguments and all arrogance raised against the knowledge of God, and we're taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And so what is it saying to us, ladies and gentlemen, is, is that we have to take it captive. We have to take it captive. We have to take every thought. We have to take every imagination. We have to bring it captive when you're feeling like you're about to have a panic attack, when you're feeling worried, when you're feeling anxious, when you feel full of anxiety. That's the time where you have to take the moment to realize that I have to be more God-centered and allowing God to bring and, and saying, no, I got to bring that captive. I'm worried about my children. No, I got to bring that captive. I can, I can have a great concern, but guess what? God is going to deal with them. God is going to help me. I know I'm dealing with this and different things like this. No, but I, I got to understand, like, no, I have to bring it subjective under the mighty hand of God. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is understanding. When you understand its root, then you can actually deal with the problem. Tonight, you're going to go and you're going to deal with the problem. Stop hiding from it. Stop running from it. Get it out of your life. Your body is not meant to handle the stress. Put that in the chat section. Say, my body is not meant to handle the stress. I'm bringing it captive tonight. Say, tonight I'm bringing it captive. Come on, stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We honor and we praise God tonight. We honor and we praise God tonight. Come on, take this moment. I'm about to give the altar call for salvation tonight. But I want you to pray right where you are and say, Lord Jesus, God, whatever what I'm worried about, whatever I'm anxious about, God, I bring it at your feet tonight. In the name of Jesus, every thought every thought every imagination oh my god any phobia or fears that i have in my mind of things that has not even happened god i or outcomes that i have in my mind that has not happened in the name of jesus i bring it captive tonight in the name of jesus christ god i pray right now this stress that i have on me i cast it at your feet tonight i give it to you i promise oh god tonight i will be anxious for nothing in the name of jesus christ tonight God, I give it to you, God. I throw it at your feet tonight in the name of Jesus the Christ. In the name of Jesus the Christ. There's an old hymn of the church that would say, I must tell Jesus. I must tell Jesus. I cannot bear these burdens alone. I must tell Jesus, I must tell Jesus, Jesus will help me, Jesus alone. Hallelujah. Oh my goodness. I must tell Jesus all of my troubles. Hallelujah. I cannot bear these burdens alone hallelujah in my despair he always will help me hallelujah jesus will help me 
Jesus alone. Hallelujah. I must tell Jesus. Somebody needs to do this tonight. I must tell Jesus. Because I cannot bear these burdens alone. I thank you, Jesus. I must tell Jesus. I must tell Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus will help me. Hallelujah. Jesus alone. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I must tell Jesus. Hallelujah. All of my trouble. Hallelujah. I cannot bear these burdens alone. Hallelujah. Because in my despair, he, he promised he'll help me. Hallelujah. Jesus will help me. Yes, he will tonight. Jesus alone. Hallelujah. I must tell Jesus. I must tell Jesus. Because I cannot bear these burdens alone. Hallelujah. I must tell Jesus. I must tell Jesus. Jesus will help me. Jesus alone. Hallelujah. Thanks for listening to the Get Transformed podcast. We hope that you subscribe so that you can continue to be empowered by the latest podcast. For more information on Transformation Christian Fellowship, visit our website at transformationchristianfellowship.org or download our free mobile app on the App Store or Google Play Store. If you would like to support this ministry, simply text TCF1 to 77977. We thank you for your generosity and for listening to the Get Transformed podcast. And remember, transformation starts here.